The Tsarevna Loveliness Inexhaustible A long time ago, far from our days, in a certain Tsardom in a certain empire lived a famous Tsar Afranofronovich, and he had three youthful sons, the eldest the Tsarevich Dmitri, the second the Tsarevich Vasily, and the youngest the Tsarevich Ivan. The sons of Afran were all grown up, the youngest had reached his seventeenth year, while Tsar Afran himself had left sixty years behind him. And once, as Tsar Afran fell a thinking and looked at his sons, his heart grew sad, look now. Thought he, life is a good thing to these youths, and they rejoice in God's fair world, but, as for me, I feel old age drawing nigh, and divers diseases begin to afflict me, and the wide world has now but little delight for me. How will it be with me henceforth? How shall I escape old age? Thus he thought and thought, and so he fell asleep. And a vision appeared to the Tsar. Somewhere or other beyond lands thrice nine, in the empire of thrice ten, dwelt the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, the daughter of three mothers, the granddaughter of three grandmothers, the sister of nine brothers, and under the pillow of this Tsarevna was preserved a flask of living water, and whoever drank of this water instantly became thirty years younger. No sooner did the Tsar Afran awake from his sleep, than he called together his children and the wise men of his realm, and said to them, Interpret me this dream, ye my sages and cunning counselors. What shall I do, and how can I discover this Tsarevna? The sages were silent. The cunning counselors stroked their long gray beards, looked up and down, scratched their heads, and thus they answered the Tsar Afran, O, sovereign Tsar! Though we have not seen this thing with our eyes, yet our ears have heard of this Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, but how to find her, and which way to get at her, that we know not. No sooner did the three Tsareviks hear this, when with one voice they thus implored their father the Tsar, Dear Father Tsar! Give us thy blessing, and send us to the four corners of the earth, that we may see people and show ourselves and discover the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible. The father agreed, gave them provision for the journey, took leave of them tenderly, and sent them off to the four corners of the earth. When the two elder brothers got beyond the city gates they turned to the right, but the youngest brother, the Tsarevich Ivan, turned to the left. The elder brothers had got only a hundred miles and no more from home, when they met an old man, and he asked them, Whither are ye going, young men? Is your journey far? But the Tsareviches replied, Take yourself off, old rogue. What business is it of yours? The old man said nothing but went on his way. The Tsareviks went on and on, all that day and the next and a whole week, and they came to such a wilderness that they could see neither earth nor sky, nor any living being, nor any habitation, and in the deepest depth of this wilderness they met another old man, even older than the first. Hail, good youths! said he to the Tsareviches. Are ye truants and rest, or are ye in quest? Why, we are in quest of something, of course. We are going in search of the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, with her flask of living water. Nay, my good youths, said the aged stranger, twere better ye did not try to get thither. And why, pray? I'll tell you. Three rivers cross this road rivers large and broad. On these rivers are three ferries. At the first ferry they'll cut off your right arm, at the second your left, but at the third they'll cut off your head. The brothers Zaroviches were sore distressed, their giddy pates hung down below their sturdy shoulders, and they thought to themselves, ought we not to have some regard for our father's head and our own heads also? T'will be much better to return home alive and well, and wait for fine weather by the sea. And they turned back, and when they were a twenty-four hours' journey from home, they resolved to rest in the fields, and they spread their tents, with the golden tent poles, let their horses out to graze, and said, 
here we'll stop and await our brother, and while away the time in idleness. But with the Tsarevich Ivan it fared far otherwise on his journey. There met him the same old man who had encountered his brothers, and this old man asked him the selfsame question, Whither art thou going, young man? Is thy journey far? And the Tsarevich Ivan answered him, What is that to thee? I want to have nothing to say to thee. But afterwards, when he had gone on a little further, he bethought him of what he had done. Why did I answer the old man so rudely? Old people are full of ideas. Perchance he might have advised me well. So he turned his horse, overtook the old man, and said, Stay, my father. I did not quite hear what thou saidst to me. I asked thee whether thy journey was far? Well, my father, the fact is, I am in search of the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, the daughter of three mothers, the granddaughter of three grandmothers, the sister of nine brothers. I want to get from her the living water for my dad the Tsar. Well, said the old man, tis well for thee, good youth, that thou hast answered courteously, and therefore I will put thee in the right way. But thou wilt never get there on an ordinary horse. Then when shall I get me an extraordinary horse? I'll tell thee. Return home, and bid your grooms drive all thy father's horses down to the blue sea, and whichever horse breaks away from the others and goes right into the sea up to his neck, and begins to drink till the blue sea begins to rise and dash from shore to shore him seas and mount. I thank thee for thy good words, my father. The Tsarevich did as the old man bade him. He chose the most valiant charger from among his father's horses, watched all through the night, and when on the following morning he went out and mounted into the saddle, the horse spoke to him, with a man's voice, Tsarevich Ivan, dismount. I will buffet thee thrice, to give thee the muscles of a hero. He buffeted once, he buffeted twice, but the third time he buffeted not at all. I see, cried he, that if I were to buffet thee a third time, the whole land would not be able to hold us. Both. Then the Tsarevich Ivan sat on the horse, put on knightly armor, took out of the armory of his father's palace an old heroic, trusty blade, and set out upon his quest. He went for a day and for a night, for a month, and for two months, and three, and so he came to a place where his horse was in water up to the knees and in grass up to the breast, while he, poor youth, had nothing to eat. And in the midst of this wilderness the Tsarevich Ivan found a miserable hut, this hut stood upon fowl's legs, and in it was the Babiaga, the bony-legged which was lying down, and her legs stretched from corner to corner. The Tsarevich went into the hut and cried, Hail, Granny! Hail to thee, Tsarevich Ivan, hast come to rest, or art thou in quest? I am in quest of something, Granny. I am off beyond lands thrice nine, to the empire of thrice ten, I seek the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible. I want to get from her the living water for my dad, the Tsar. The Baba Yaga answered, Though I have not seen it with my eyes, I have heard of it with my ears, but thou wilt never get there. Wherefore? Because there, there are three fairies, at the first they'll cut off thy right hand, at the second thy left, and at the third thy head. Well, Granny, one single head is not such a great matter. I'll go and God's will be done. Alas, Tsarevich Ivan! Twere much better to turn back, thou art still young and tender, thou hast never been in dangerous places, thou hast never run great terrors. Nay, Granny! He who tugs at the rope must not cry, I'm broke. So he took leave of the Baba Yaga and went on further, and he came at last to the first ferry, and he saw the ferryman on the other side, lying down asleep. The Tsarevich Ivan stood on the bank and thought to himself, If I call to them, I shall deafen them forever, and if I whistle with all my might, I shall upset the ferry boat. 
So he whistled a half-whistle, and immediately the ferrymen started from their slumber and rowed him across the stream. What do you want for your labors, my friends? asked the Tsarevich Ivan. Well, what's the use of haggling? Give us your right arm! cried the ferrymen, with one voice. Nay, nay, I want my arm for myself! cried the Tsarevich Ivan, and drawing forth his stout blade, he struck to the right and to the left, and beat all the ferrymen till they were half dead, and then went on further. And in this way he crossed the other two fords also. At last he came to the empire of thrice ten, and on the borders of it stood a wild man, in stature like a tree of the forest, as thick-set as a haystack, there he stood, and in his hand he held a club of oak. And the giant said to the Tsarevich Ivan, Whither art thou going, O worm? I am going to the realm of the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, to get the living water for my father, the Tsar. What, thou pygmy? I've been guarding her realm here these hundred years. I have had my fill of heroes not like thee were the youths who came hither, yet they all fell beneath my hand, and their bones all lie over there. But as for thee, thou art a mere worm. The Tsarevich saw that he could not overcome the giant, so he turned his horse aside. He went on and on till he came to the very depths of the forest, till he came upon a hut, and in this hut sat a very old, old woman. The moment she saw the good youth she cried, Hail! Tsarevich Ivan, why hath God sent thee hither? The Tsarevich told her all his secrets. The old woman had pity on him, and drew from her stove a magic poisonous weed and a little ball. Go into the open plain, said she, rake up a fire, and throw this magic poisonous weed into it. But mark me now, stand thou at the back of the blast, lest the smoke from the fire blow upon thee. This blast will cause the giant to be overcome by a deep sleep, then do thou cut off his head, but roll the ball before thee and follow whithersoever it rolls. The ball will lead thee to those very places where reigns the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible. The Tsarevna walks about there for nine days, and on the tenth day after that she will refresh herself with the sleep of heroes in her own place. But look to it that thou dost not enter in by the gate, but leap right over the wall with all thy might, and do not stick in the strings at the top of the wall, lest thou arouse the whole empire, when thou wilt not escape alive. But the moment thou hast leapt over the wall, go straight into the palace into the back chamber, open the door very, very softly, and draw out the flask of living water from beneath the pillow of the Tsarevna. But when thou hast got the flask, hasten back as quickly as thou earnest, nor look for an instant upon the beauty of the Tsarevna, lest it be too much for thee, good youth. The Tsarevich Ivan thanked the old woman, and did everything she bade him. As soon as he had lit the fire, he threw the weed into it so that the smoke spread in the direction where the wild man was standing on guard, the eyes of the giant grew dim, he began to yawn and stretch, he laid him on the damp earth and began to sleep soundly very soundly. The Tsarevich Ivan cut off his head, rolled the little ball along, and went on further. He went on and on, and far away the golden palace began to gleam amidst the green of the forest. All at once a column of dust came out of the palace and along the road, and the gleam of lances and cuirasses was visible through the dust, and there was a sound as of the trampling of many warlike chargers. The little ball rolled out of the road a little on one side, the Tsarevich Ivan, following after it, also turned from the path, went among the bushes, and led his horse out to grass. And from his place in the bushes he saw approaching the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, and she diverted herself with her warriors in the green meadows. And the whole of the Tsarevna's array consisted of maidens alone, each one more beautiful than her neighbor. But the most lovely of them all was the inexhaustibly lovely Tsarevna. She pitched her tent in the meadows, 
and for nine days she and her maidens diverted themselves with divers' pastimes. But the Tsarevich, like a hungry wolf, looked out from his hiding place at the Tsarevna, he could riot take his eyes from her, and look as he might he could not look as fill. At last, on the tenth day, when everyone in the Tsarevna's golden courts was asleep, he, spurring his horse with all his might, leapt right over the wall into the garden court of the ladies, fastened his horse to a wooden post, and stealthily as a thief made his way into the palace, right into the very cabinet where, extended on her downy bed, with her fair locks scattered all about, lay the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, sleeping an unwakeable heroic sleep. The Tsarevich drew from under her pillow the flask with the living water, and was about to run off as quickly as he could, but it was too much for his youthful heart, and leaning over the Tsarevna, he kissed her thrice on her lips, which were sweeter than sugar. And by the time he had got out of the chamber, mounted his horse, and leapt across the wall, she awoke from his kisses. Loveliness inexhaustible leapt on her swift flying mare, and hastened after the Tsarevich Ivan. The Tsarevich urged on his good steed, pulled at the silken reins, and lashed its sides with his whip. And the horse spoke to him with a man's voice, Wherefore dost thou beat me, Tsarevich Ivan? Neither the fowls of the air nor the beasts of the forest can escape or hide from that mare. She runs so that the earth trembles, she leaps across swift rivers from shore to shore, hills and dales vanish away beneath her feet. And it had only time to speak these words when the Tsarevna overtook the good youth, struck him with her swinging blade, and pierced him full in the breast. Down fell the Tsarevich Ivan from his horse on the moist ground, his bright eyes closed, his red blood flowed. Loveliness inexhaustible gazed into his eyes, and a great sorrow overcame her, she saw that such a lovely youth as that was not to be found in the wide world. And she placed her white hand on the wound, washed it with living water out of her flask and immediately the wound healed up, and the Tsarevich Ivan arose well and unharmed. Wilt thou take me to wife? That I will, Tsarevna. Then return to thy kingdom, and if after three years thou hast not forgotten me, I will be thy wife, and thou shalt be my husband. And the destined bridegroom took leave of his bride, and they parted in different directions. The Tsarevich Ivan went on and on for a long time, and saw many things, and at last he came upon a tent on a mountain, with a golden tent pole, and round the tent two good horses were feeding on white summer wheat and drinking mead, and in the tent were lying his two elder brothers, eating and drinking and diverting themselves with manifold diversions. And the elder brothers began to ask the younger one, Hast thou got the living water for our father? I have got it, replied the Tsarevich Ivan simply, for he always spoke out his secrets, happen what might. The elder brothers invited him to feast with them, made him drunk, drew the flask of living water out of his bosom, and threw him down a precipice. The Tsarevich Ivan flew down and down, and at last he fell into the realm beneath the earth. And now, thought he, irretrievable ruin has come upon me. I can never find the ways that lead from hence. So he went about in the realm beneath the earth. He went on and on, and saw that the day grew shorter and shorter till it was like night, and at last he came to a place that was not a desert, and by the sea stood a castle that was a town, and a hut that was a mansion. The Tsarevich went up a flight of steps into a barn, and from the barn he went into the hut, prayed to God, and begged for a good night's rest. But in the hut sat an old woman and old, a very old woman, she was all wrinkled and grey. Good youth, cried she, thou mayest sleep there and welcome, but say. How didst thou get hither? Thou art an old person, granny, but thy way of asking is not wise. Thou shouldst first give me to eat and drink, and let me lie down to sleep, and after that ask me concerning my tidings. The old woman gave the Tsarevich to eat and drink, 
let him lie down to sleep, and then asked him again. And the Tsarevich Ivan said to her, I have been in the kingdom of thrice ten, as the guest of the Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible, and now I am returning home to my father the Tsar Afran, but I have wandered from my path. Canst thou not show me the way home? I do not know it myself, Tsarevich. Here have I been living nine-tenths of my life on this earth, and I have never heard of the Tsar Afran. Come now. Sleep in peace and tomorrow I will bring together my messengers, perhaps one of them may know. The next day the Tsarevich got up very early, washed himself quite white, and went out with the old woman on the balcony, and the old woman cried with a piercing voice, Hi, hi! Ye swimming fish of the sea, and ye creeping reptiles of the earth, my faithful servants, assemble here to the very last one of you. And immediately the blue sea was disturbed and all the fishes assembled, both small and great, and all the reptiles assembled, they all came to the shore under the water. Does anyone know where in all the world dwells the Tsar Afran, and by what way one can get to his kingdom from here? And all the fishes and reptiles answered with one voice, We have neither seen it with our eyes, nor heard it with our ears. Then the old woman turned to the other side and screeched, Hi! Ye wandering beasts of the forest, and ye fowls that fly in the air, ray trusty servants, assemble hither and fly and run hither all of you, down to the very last one. And the beasts of the forest came running in bands and bands, and the fowls of the air came flying in flocks and flocks, and the old woman began to ask them about Zarephron, and they all with one voice exclaimed to the old woman, We have neither seen it with our eyes, nor heard it with our ears. Well, Zarevich, there's nobody else to ask now, we've asked them all. They were just about to go into the hut again, when there was a whistling and a roaring sound in the air, and the bird Mogul came flying along, he hid the light of day with his wings, and lighted on the ground close to the hut. Where hast thou been, and why art thou come so late? screeched the old woman. I have been flying a long way off, in the realm of Zarafran, at the uttermost end of the wide world. Well, thou art just the one I want, render me now true and loyal service, carry thither the Tsarevich Ivan. I shall be glad to carry him, but I shall want heaps and heaps of food, it takes three years to fly thither. Take as much as thou dost want. And the old woman made provision for the journey of the Tsarevich Ivan. She placed upon the bird a hogshead of water, and on the top of it a wicker basket full of meat, and put into his hands an iron pole. There, said she, when thou fleest on the bird mogul and she turns round and looks at thee, immediately plunge thy pole into the basket and give her a piece of beef. The Tsarevich Ivan said thank you to the old woman, sat on the bird, and immediately she rose with him and bore him up in the air like a whirlwind. She flew and flew, she flew for a long, long time, and whenever she looked round at the Tsarevich he fed her with beef off the pole. And at last the Tsarevich Ivan saw that the basket was getting empty, so he said to the bird mogul. Look now, thou bird mogul. Thou hast now but little food left, light upon the moist earth, and I'll get thee another basketful of divers meats. But the bird mogul answered and said, Art thou mad, Tsarevich Ivan? Beneath us now is a forest dark and drear, muddy and boggy, if we lighted down there, thou and would never get out again so long as the world lasts. And now the Tsarevich had dispensed all the meat from the basket, and sent the basket and the hogshead flying off the bird, but the bird mogul still kept on flying and turning its head for food. What was to be done now? The Tsarevich Ivan cut off the calves of his legs, put them on the pole, and gave them to the bird mogul. She swallowed them up, and descended with the Tsarevich Ivan into a green meadow, upon silky grass with azure flowers. As the Tsarevich Ivan leapt off her onto the ground, 
the bird mogul coughed up his calves again, fastened them onto his legs, moistened them with her spittle, and the Tsarevich went on his way well and strong. He came to the capital of Tsarefran, his own father, and saw that something amiss was going on in the town. Crowds of people were wandering about the streets from end to end, the Tsar's cunning counselors were strolling aimlessly about the city, asking something from everyone they met, and shaking their gray heads as if they were out of their wits. And the Tsarevich asked one of the people he met, What's the meaning of all this commotion in the city? And the good people answered him, The Tsarevna loveliness inexhaustible is sailing against our kingdom, she is bringing a countless host with her in forty ships, and she demands that the Tsar should surrender to her the Tsarevich Ivan who disturbed her sleep three years ago by kissing her on her lips, which are sweeter than sugar, and if we do not surrender him she will destroy our kingdom utterly with fire and sword. Well, it seems to me I have come just in time. I want this Tsarevna just as much as she wants me. And he immediately went on board the Tsarevna's ship. Here they embraced and fondled each other, and received their bridal crowns in the Church of God, and after that they went to the Tsarefran and told him all. The Tsarefran drove his elder sons from court, deprived them of their inheritance, and lived with his younger son, and lived happily and increased in all riches. End of story The Tsarevna Loveliness Inexhaustible this episode is also available as a blog post, Look Food and Cook. Order Russian Fairy Tales ebook at https colon slash slash Wish you have a nice day.